Good morning, Edinburgh and around really the universe here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. I am Tyler Trumbauer here on another edition of the Morning After a Wednesday edition. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in, getting up early with us if you are listening live on the radio right now. You can also listen to us for our live stream on edinburghnow.com, which you should really have as your homepage on all your internet browsers by now. And you can also listen to us on the TuneIn app on any mobile device, so you can take us anywhere, anytime at all, down here in the deep blue sea. And uh, now, you know, we're still a new show. We're, we're, you know, we're shaking off the rust a little bit, but we got, a, we got a, another new, another first here, here this morning as we got um, a man making his The Morning After debut, Mr. Vic Hudson is in the building. Vic, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, joining me this morning. For those of you who do not know, Vic, uh, you might see him, you know, making some making some Sports Center esque plays on Saturday afternoons. Oh, no um, doubt. You know how it is. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean that that's how he rolls. Uh, he is, you know, uh, a linebacker for the uh, Borough Football Squad. What are you like a rush backer? Is that what they call you? Yes, outside hey. linebacker, kind of hybrid stand up. He just bull rushes people. Straight bull rush. That's what I did. Hit a swim move every now and again. Heck yeah. I mean, I was a nose guard for a year. Nose guard? Nose guard. Seventh grade. I'm about to say, come on, it's got to be seventh grade. Starting kicker, starting punter, starting nose guard, and third string fullback. What happened? You just stopped hitting the gym? I never hit the gym to begin with. Everyone else grew and I didn't. (laughs) Everyone else grew, I didn't. I gave up. Gotcha, gotcha. I I played one year. That was it. But no, I was was third string fullback. Um, I never would have guessed it. um, Only got one rush. Lost three yards. Lost three yards. So never, never touched the ball again. Yeah, so your career is kind of... That was rough. Um, <laughs> but I did have a, a muffed punt run where I was short for the first down, but got a face mask, got a first down 15-yard face mask. Hey, so that was pretty intense. Any way to get it, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> Moving them chains, baby. So Vic Hudson, the man for Borough Football, um, now also a member of WFSE Sports Department, the seems-to-be-growing sports department. Um, he had a show last year on Sunday, or last semester, I should say, on Sundays with uh, Mr. Matthew Wheelock. Um, so Vic is going to be doing some fill-in work for us here. Um, this semester as he's, uh, you know, focusing on trying to win some football games here for Edinburgh um, as we obviously dissect that every week here on 88.9, the home for Borough football. And, uh, you know, he'll be helping us out, maybe getting his own show next semester again or maybe just, you know, coming on and still helping us on the morning after because, you know, probably by the second semester I'm going to fire Tubby and I'm going to need someone anyway. So <laughs> let's be honest, Vic. So don't, don't, don't go making any show plans right away. I might be needed you right there. No, I'm right for your use, man. So, um We'll, uh, we'll finally get to some NFL talk uh, today. I know I wanted to preview this all week long, and we were teasing it last week um, for, uh, with basically football starting tomorrow, Vic, for the National Football League. But, you know, there's been so much else going on. Um, what did we even talk about yesterday? Well, we had the Browns O-line coach getting suspended. You're a, you're, you're a Cleveland guy. For what uh, reason? I didn't even see what reason. Uh, I guess there are allegations against him about assault against a woman. Oh, wow. Um, so... You know, just, just such a bad look for the NFL that right. these keep popping up, man. You right. Know? Um, Tubby is working on getting a soundboard going for us, and he, he's, he's going to add the law and order, like, dun-dun. Anytime <laughs> we have to talk about NFL cases, we oh, feel, we feel that's going to be like our oft-used yeah. um, sound, so that's uh, going to be coming in a little teaser there, too. You know, we're building things up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we, no, no charges have been filed against him, but yeah. it's, they're just suspending him indefinitely until things get, get uh, taken care of. So yesterday was Tubby's day off. Um, planned day off, and um, he called in in the beginning of the show to give us his t- uh, tidbits. He obviously has off today. He'll be back on Friday with Mike Fenner for the full hour, so we'll go three wide, three wide talking Borough football on Friday leading up to the Shippensburg game on 
Saturday, which is a noon kickoff at Sox Harrison Stadium, right in the midst of Highland games. So go watch people throw telephone poles and then go watch Vic Bullrush, Ryan Zapatiki. And, um, who you do you think's bigger, me or those guys? I know those guys are huge. Huge? Like, they're massive. Massive. Like, I mean, you're aren't, like. Aren't they from, like, Scotland? Right, Limbo? yeah. I mean, this is like the world championships of, like. That's crazy. Throwing. I wish I could go out and watch, honestly. Right. I mean, you, you know. could just, you know, at halftime, maybe run up and be like, hey, coach, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, go watch Coach, you mean, okay. just hit me with the updates later. Yeah. With the... Be like, hey, 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 Wayne, you know. <laughs> hey, Wayne, I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit out the first drive of the third quarter. Um, anyway, so uh, we're going to talk. We talked about that yesterday. We also had Dave Habit on yesterday, M- Mr. Hudson, you know, a former Edinburgh student athlete. He's, yeah. out, he's out in Vegas this week competing in the 2015 World Championships of Wrestling um, oh, wow. as he's now competing to be an Olympic and world champion. So this is a, a great chance for him to get a world medal. He's, he's representing Slovenia out there um, because he has a, he's a dual citizen with the United States and Slovenia. So instead of having to try to make the USA team, which is obviously more – you know, difficult in Slovenia. Um, he's going to be going and he's wrestling for Slovenia out there. And uh, he'll be, his day of competition is Thursday. And this is a huge, this event alone is the number one qualifier for wrestling for the Olympics. Obviously, Rio 2016 Olympics next year. So he called in from Vegas. He got up for us yesterday, really early in the morning, and uh, talked about, you know, his change over from NCAA wrestler to professional. Um, now and I'm um, trying to become a world and Olympic champion. So if you missed that, um, you could check that out um, on uh, my social media. You can hit us up, and uh, it's on my SoundCloud. We got the podcast up there, which we podcast every day. Um, we're trying to get them on Edinburgh now every day. I'm still working on that. You know, I guess we're not good enough. I don't know, <laughs> but we're working on it. Uh, speaking of Edinburgh now, uh, we're gonna have uh, Christopher Lantinen coming on in here today at 9:15. Um, he is the mastermind really behind Edinburgh now, a member of the. Uh, Department of Journalism and Public Relations here. Um, he's going to talk about the launch of Edinburgh now, which officially happened last Thursday, you know, coinciding with the first spectator of the year and the first football game of the year and really things just getting underway finally in the borough. And he'll talk about that and he'll talk about his beloved Bills and how they uh, no one circles the wagons quite like them. So that's coming up here in a matter of minutes. So, But we're going to do NFL talk all day long uh, today leading up as tomorrow really is the kickoff with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Vic. Brady. Brady's going to be playing. What do you think about that? You know, we've talked about Deflategate throughout this process here since we've been on air. Uh, obviously, the whole thing being negated by uh, U- U.S. District Judge Berman. So what do you think about Brady being exonerated, if you will, um, for now and being able to play on the field week one? Well, I've never really had – I never really liked Tom Brady at all. Okay. But I do like the fact that they took kind of – almost taking power away from Roger Goodell because I feel like he absolutely had way too much power over the players, over the union. So I think it's just a kind of a shot to his ego somewhat. So I got I really like the decision by the by the courts right. to give Brady back the games, definitely. And the talk came out, reports came out that the owners were talking about giving or taking some power away from Mr. Goodell and his they res- should. Right. And his response was, I'm okay with that. It's it's very time consuming is what he said. Oh wow. Time consuming. You're getting As in paid he can't like handle millions it. of dollars. Right. He can't handle it. No, he can't because he doesn't, very know, what, he doesn't know what he's doing. And then, of course, that um, some, you know, adding insult to injury yesterday with the report coming out that apparently Spygate was bigger than everyone knew about. I don't know if you saw that report. Um, they're saying that they, they cheated in over 40 games from 2000 through 2007. 40, 40 games? Count them 40, 39 plus one. Um, and that apparently Mr. Goodell uh, swept some of it under the rug. Didn't really punish them as much as he should have, which is why he maybe levied heavier consequences for the 
Deflategate scandal to make up for his lack of punishment you in know, the just, Spygate scandal. It's crazy. I feel like we just, the public doesn't know everything, you know? Oh, that's a definite. It's like the government. You know, it really is. But it's it's just the NFL. But they treat it just like a government, man. Like just a tyrant. The government. The, top. the man bringing us down. You know? Roger Goodell. Yeah, there, there's seriously so much that the public has no idea about. And it's kind of sad because... You know, this is this is the biggest sport in America right now. Um, you know, it's it's making billions of dollars despite all the bad PR it's having. Its television ratings are higher than ever. They're going to stream games online now. I mean, they're trying to expand to L.A. again. Or look, they're playing in Mexico. They're playing in Europe. You know, you know they're playing in Canada. They're doing everything. It's a, it's a world-known sport. And, you know, it's kind of sad that it's just a, really a disgusting mess behind closed doors really? over there at... Uh, in New York City. I think it's in one park place. I don't know, something like that nonsense. Um, so anyway, we're going to get started today. We're going to talk about, um, I mean, why, why don't we just start with the AFC East? I mean, we'll obviously touch on it a little bit. We've we'll got a couple minutes here, and then we'll hit a break, and then we'll come back, and Chris will be with us, hopefully, and um, after we go steal him out of the cave that he's working on Edinburgh now in, <laughs> and then uh, we'll come back and talk more about the AFC East. So the AFC East, obviously, uh, the Bills, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. Um, you know, Vegas was holding off on putting Super Bowl odds on the Pats due to the fact that they didn't know who was going to be a starting quarterback for the first four games. Um, and now that they know Tom Brady is going to be, the Patriots are shooting right up to the top of Super Bowl odds. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Brady, regardless of receivers, it doesn't matter the personnel around him. Uh, you know, it just seems like the Patriots are always there. The Dolphins, a lot of people are high on the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill got a big contract in the offseason. The Jets, new coach Todd Bowles, former defensive uh, backs coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, just formerly defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, now gets a head coaching gig well-deserved. Then you got Buffalo Bills, uh, Rex Ryan coming from the Jets, staying in the division. Um, gotten named Tyrod Taylor their starting quarterback. Which I like. Which you like. So uh, let's kind of let's kind of dissect that division there, uh, Mr. Hudson. Well, um, I got to say the Jets are on the outside looking in. They're probably my fourth team right now. If the Jets, all right. You know, like they have made a lot of good acquisitions on defense, but I still just think at the quarterback position there, a tobacco. You Ryan know? Fitzpatrick, because Geno, Geno Smith can't take a punch. Yeah, or a hit, or make a completion. Or, yeah, or <laughs> throw a complete pass, correct, yes. You know, so I got to say the Jets are just, that offense is looking abysmal right now. Mm-hmm. So they're my fourth team. My third team is actually the Dolphins. I don't know why people are that high on the Dolphins. I've know. heard people say 11-5 and five for Miami. Oh, my Lord. I heard Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I was Oy. like, well, Oy. what has Tannehill done? Got got paid. He got paid. That's for about it. For doing nothing. You get paid for being mediocre if you're a quarterback. The Andy Dalton effect, bro. Right. Andy Dalton effect. Regular season champ. You know, he hasn't won a playoff game yet. Right. Have, have they been to the playoffs? Once. Twice. Twice? Three times. I don't know. A couple times. <laughs> he stinks, though. Doesn't I don't matter. think he's won a playoff game. I don't think he showed up. The Bengals did, but he didn't. Oh, yeah, I'm talking right. about the Dolphins right now. They haven't made the playoffs. Oh, the Dolphins, yeah, they haven't made the playoffs in quite a while. They were like 8-8 eight and eight last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know why they think people are, think they're going to turn it around. I don't know. I don't want to change subjects real quick. Do you think the quarterback position is overvalued? Yes, but it has to. It has to be. The market has made that way because think of a, te- think of a team that is successful that doesn't have a good quarterback. That doesn't have an above-average quarterback. Oh, wow. Think about it. Carson Palmer. The Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I, I think he's at least above average. Well, you're right. That's probably the only, that's probably the only, only thing. But right, but think about it. When they had to go to their second string, to their third string, the Cardinals weren't as great. The Cardinals yeah. weren't winning all those games. I mean, Carson Palmer was still the leader, but you're right. That's probably the closest example you can get to. I mean, we could go through all these teams today, and you're going to find either a, a above average quarterback and a successful team. You're going to find a team without an above average quarterback and a team that's not successful. Mm-hmm. It's you have to do it. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is certainly, I don't think, great. 
He's not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks by any means, but he's not bad. He might crack the top 15. Right. He might crack top 15. He got paid to maybe like top 10, but you got to keep him around because you don't think the Bills, you don't think the Jets, you don't think. Because anyone, any of these teams, quarterback hungry teams would pay. You don't think the Texans would even take him? Right. There's so many teams, there are a handful of teams that would take him. It's just crazy, man. So we'll find out. We'll talk more about the AFC East coming up after this. We got your first couple teams starting from the basement, working on your way up, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here. And uh, we'll continue after that as uh, Chris Lantinen will join us next to talk about the Buffalo Bills and more here on The Morning After. Welcome back here on The Morning After 917 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. As we continue on, I'm Tyler Trembaugh with Vic Hudson making his debut. And we're also now joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Christopher Lantine and the mastermind behind Edinburgh now. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Tyler. We appreciate it. As always, the man. Uh, we'll talk on Edinburgh now and a little bit later, which officially launched last Thursday here and is a godsend for Edinburgh Campus Media. Um, but first, we're going to get him fired up and talk about his beloved <laughs> Buffalo Bills as we were talking about breaking down the AFC East. Vic was uh, putting the Jets and the, uh, and the Dolphins kind of tor- towards the bottom, and we were saying that a lot of teams were – we're very, we're very high on the Dolphins this year. I've even heard some experts say 11-5. and five. Vic was saying even as much as a Lombardi dro- trophy in the conversation. You feel the Dolphins are that much of a threat in the AFC East, Chris? Um, not really. You know, I've never been impressed, and maybe it's because every time I watch Tannehill, it's against the Bills, and he has a notoriously <laughs> bad record against the Bills. He mm. never plays well against them. And the Bills actually, I think we've at least gone 500 against the Dolphins in the last few years, even with, like, E.J. Manuel and Kevin Cobb and all these basically skeletons we run out at quarterback. So I've never really been impressed with Tannehill. I haven't really seen him take the big step. It's very trendy for everybody to talk about how Tannehill is, is always ready to take the next step. But I never actually see him take it. But yeah, every he hasn't year we there. hear that. You're right. So, and but uh, they did sign Sue. So that they did. So they'll, that's have, a good, they'll have a good defense. Good add on, on the defense is right. Tannehill got paid though in the offseason, like he did take that extra step. So we were talking about how overvalued the quarterback position is in the National Football League and how you have to scarf up even a, even in a an average quarterback like Tannehill or you're stuck with a with a Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> well, I mean, you saw what they had to do for Flacco when he won a Super Bowl. Oh my Based God. on the strength of his defense, they gave him $120 million. And he won at the right time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. If Tannehill won a Super Bowl, he would have made $120 million or Still something like 90. that. Right, yeah. So, Vic, uh, continuing on, we only got through your first two teams before we took a break so we could get um, Mr. Lantina in here. Uh, so, continuing on now, I mean, what? You, who, who you got kind of near the top, obviously? I feel this is a no-brainer question. Uh, my second team is actually the Bills. The Bills. The Bills. I really liked what I saw this Kiss preseason from him. You know, I just hope LaShawn McCoy can stay healthy. You know, if they can get those uh, those weapons on the perimeter of the ball, I think Tyrod Taylor can do that at least. They should be just fine. And that defense with Jerry Hughes, with Mario Williams, and with Rex Ryan at the helm, right, yeah. I think that's going to be a fantastic defense, definitely a top five. So I definitely see them competing in this division, possibly a 10-6, maybe even a wild card. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm throwing out a nine and seven. I think that's the record we had last year, nine and seven. I think we might narrowly miss the playoffs again this year, unfortunately. I mean, the problems are at the quarterback position. You can accumulate so many weapons. I almost feel bad for Sammy Watkins because his first two years, his most perhaps his most explosive years, will be stuck um, catching passes from the likes of Matt Castle and Tyrod Taylor and EJ Manuel. And right. I almost forgot that we had Kyle Orton last year. We Top brought notch. in off the off Uncle the Rico. Yeah, we brought we, <laughs> we brought in off the couch to uh, throw a couple games for us, uh, quite literally, a few times. Um, but you know, 
I look at the preseason for quarterbacks. It's all vanilla defenses, so I don't put much stock into it. Right. But I did see some good speed out of Taylor. It's the first time we've had a mobile quarterback in basically forever since maybe J.P. Losman. But, you know, mm. I, I look at wow. him as someone who's able to pick up the chunk plays instead of Castle and Manuel, who are, you know, mid-level passers and who love to check down. So at least with Taylor, we have some big play potential either with his legs or, you know, to, to Watkins or to – we forget we also signed Charles Clay to over $40 million deal. Uh, we have McCoy. We have um, this rookie we got in the second round, Carlos Williams, out of Florida State, second or third round maybe. And we have Watkins, and we signed Percy Harvin. So we put a ton of, a ton of money into the offense. Right. They surrounded the quarterback. They just really haven't got a – Good quarterback. quarterback, but there's, right. but there, you're right. Uh, Tyrod Taylor does bring explosiveness to the to the position. Something you know, the Bills, they just they they just never seem like a flashy team at all in the last in, in right. recent memory. And now Tyrod Taylor could actually make it on Sports Center for the Bills and actually have a play, you know, where he maybe could do something, do something that's that's highlight worthy. But you're right, the Bills were nine and seven last year, finished second, missed out on the on the postseason uh, with obviously the Patriots taking the division at twelve and four. Um, the Dolphins eight and eight, and the Jets four and twelve last year. What do you think about Lashawn McCoy? Obviously, um, I, you know they're going to have to wait to get a final report card on that report card on that trade. Kiko Alonso, uh, obviously with the with the injured past, and now he's with the Eagles and was concussed in training camp. Still, really hasn't played much for the Birds. And Lashawn McCoy, he's now in in Bills camp, but obviously a a, a hamstring injury hampering him is questionable for Week One. Um, what do you think about him and? you know, finally being a Buffalo Bill and at, adds, adding some explosiveness to the backfield. Well, these these um, veteran players, when they're injured in preseason, they tend to milk it right. for as long as... I don't think Mario Williams has practiced once in the preseason <laughs> since the Bills signed him. He's always got some ailment that he's kept out for a few weeks. But then when, the, you know, week one comes, he's fine. So I'm hoping it's the, kind of the same deal with McCoy. You know, he got into space in Philadelphia, and that's where he's best. But if our if our offensive line can't block, which they're one of the worst in the league, then yeah. he's he's not great at running between the tackles and making yards out of nothing like an Adrian Peterson or an Arian Foster or even like a Lamar Miller from the Dolphins. He's best in space, and we have to get him into space. Right. Now, just one warning about LaShawn McCoy is, you know, as much as you want to say you know his offense. The offensive line is not the greatest, but he doesn't really use the offensive line much. The man doesn't like running the gap that he's supposed to, hitting the hole. He like as soon as he likes to get the ball, he likes to dash it outside, right. which which I think is what turned Chip Kelly off to him. Is he wanted him to just hit and go to the hit the hole and get to the next level of the defense, and he was wanting to to you know dance around yeah dance around do it do a little bit of samba with the with the defensive linemen. So and that exact maneuver is what turned Bills fans off of C.J. Spiller. Yeah the inability to hit the hole and the willingness to go outside at every turn, even if there's somebody on the outside that's going to catch you. So I'm not super excited about McCoy. I think Carlos Williams will get a lot more work than we're expecting. He'll get a lot of those secondary touches, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets close to 100 touches this year and they keep McCoy near the 300, 250 mark instead of yeah. like going to the DeMarco Murray level of carries. So. Right, yeah, DeMarco Murray, surprise between Shady or DeMarco, who's going to be the one injured so far, and I, and <laughs> I don't think anyone really picked LaShawn McCoy no, to be that. Yet. But as to your point, DeMarco's barely practiced for the Eagles as well, you know, for dehydration purposes or something like that right. they've been trying to tell you. But speaking of backs, um, going on to Fred Jackson, um, obviously uh, mm. 
you know, a little bit of an interesting move by the Buffalo Bills. Just one day here, next day you're across the country in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think about the Bills kind of just out of the blue dropping him? You probably didn't expect it, and apparently neither did ownership. Well, I think the people around Buffalo and who read kind of those, like the Buffalo Rumblings blog and a lot of the blogs attached to that team, he had been rumored to have been released before the draft. That was like in the cards as soon as they got McCoy. And by cutting him and reworking Castle's deal, they cut Castle, they brought him back. He's back in the fold. Yes. Don't worry, Buffalo. Matt <laughs> Castle's back. <laughs> Just what we wanted. Another guy who can hit a five-yard pass. Killing it. So the rumor was already out there that they were going to release Fred Jackson. And by cutting him and restructuring Castle's deal, they saved like $9 million on the cap. And by cutting a few other guys. So they're trying to sign, they're trying to re-up Marcel Darius. So that was the big reason they made this move. I don't think it was great for team morale. He is the team leader, unquestionably, especially on offense. He's been a team captain for years. He kind of epitomizes what that team has been about for the last three or four years. And I think he would have been a perfect complement to LaShawn McCoy. Definitely. Definitely a fan favorite, too. Definitely a fan favorite, and fans are going to take a little – if they can re-up Darius, that will bring some of the goodwill back. But Mm -hmm. he seems like the type of player – that is searching for bigger lights. So I don't know if we're going to re-sign him. I'm hoping that the Fred Jackson release is for, not for you know anything, mm-hmm. but I am happy he's in Seattle. He'll make the playoffs this year. He's never made the playoffs. We right. forget that. Literally has never been in a playoff game. Right. So if he can make a couple rounds of the playoffs, I think that will really make Buffalo fans happy. Yeah, I mean, he so. probably won in that situation, let's be honest here, yes, being he able to get did. out of Buffalo. You know, and he's and, with his old Buffalo mate. Marshawn right, Mar- Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, and I mean, he doesn't look like the bad guy in this at all. You know, he no. kind of looks like the victim being cut. Um, but now he's there with I think should be the two-time defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, all you got to do is just run the ball right. simply, and they really. If in they my had mind, Fred Jackson, they would have. Right. I mean, apparently Marshawn <laughs> Not Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Will, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't need Marshawn. They scoff at him. Um, so now you have Rex Ryan. What do you think about him as the head coach? Obviously, he can add some explosiveness to the to the head coaching position. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's also come out and said that the Bills is, are going to be his last team. Um, this is going to be it for him. Um, you know how right. how do you think this this era is going to go with Rex Ryan moving um, from the Big Apple to West to Buffalo and uh, staying in the division too in the AFC East? I think a couple things about Rex. One is that he's great at building a running team, and I think that's really going to help with Lashawn. And he's great at building a defense. Mm-hmm. We already had the defense in place, so we're not going to exactly lose anything. That's another reason why I think we won the LaShawn Le- McCoy deal. It was basically Kiko Alonso for McCoy. Right. One, Kiko Alonso did not play last year, and we had one of the best defenses in the NFL. So you could say that we replaced him and, and some more. Plus, we bring in Rex Ryan. He's, again, going to make up for that loss of Kiko Alonso. So I don't think we exactly needed him, although he is a good player. So I think we won the McCoy deal in that regard. Two, Rex is always good in the first couple years of a coaching job. So he brings the Jets to two AFC championships. It's his attitude. It, it doesn't wear on players in the first couple of years. They like right. the change. And I think Buff- the Buffalo players are going to like that change. He's good in those first couple of years. I worry about year three or four. Not this year. The players will be excited to play for him. Right, and to mention, you know, he made it to the AFC Championship with Mark Sanchez. I mean, Mr. Right. Butt Fumble. I mean, he is a second <laughs> stringer for the Eagles, and he didn't, didn't do terrible. But, I, I mean, to the point of Tyrod Taylor being your quarterback, if he builds that solid running attack and, and you know, defense that you said he can and he most likely will, they can still make it, you know, as far as an AFC Championship, regardless of who's under center. 
why has Tyrod Taylor not started to this point? I want to ask you guys. If he was this good, if he was worthy of starting over Castle, over Manuel, a first-round pick, why has he not started yet? This is a good Am point. Am I missing I mean, something with him? That's a good point. Wasn't he in Baltimore with Joe Flacco? He was. I mean, that's probably why. He'll never get a shot with in Baltimore. That's true. I just, I guess I don't see the big deal about Tyrod Taylor. I think that in a few games, the league will figure him out. I don't right. count preseason for anything. Mm-hmm. Right. I think in a few Defenses games, aren't playing. New England, you don't think Bill Belichick's going to be able to game plan for Tyrod Taylor? <laughs> I just don't see, like at least with Castle, you know exactly what you're going to get. He can hit those mid-level passes, and he might be able to hit a deep ball every now and then. Right. But the thing about it, Tyrod Taylor, you don't know what you're going to get. I know, and that's why, you know, and that's why people him. want him out there. Right. And that's why fans love him, because he's the only unknown quantity of the mm-hmm. three. Like, we've, we've seen, seen Matt Castle. Right, we've seen Castle. and Well, we've Definitely only got s- about ten games of Manuel, so we haven't exactly seen him. I think that ship sailed, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, about to say, I, mean, I think, I think that's they're done. To- I'm I don't, I don't want to give up on our 16th overall pick, but I think he's solid done. pick, solid pick. Hey, if if the Redskins can give up on RG3 and they they gave <laughs> they gave the house and right. their neighbor's dog for yeah. him, I mean, you basically you can give up on anybody. Right. And so, stuff. I mean, you're going to that's he's, that's he's the unknown quantity and that's why we want to see what Definitely. he can do. Fans always love the backup mm-hmm. quarterbacks, the unknowns. But we start at Indy and New England. So, so we'll see. Really quick. Oh, and two. Yes, we'll see. Well, I mean, if you can get out of that one and one, I mean, that, oh that's got to be a victory in itself. I mean, Definitely. if you can. We, I mean, beat no, New, we beat New England a couple years ago, second or first game of the year, so right. it's possible. Anything's possible with the Buffalo Bills. That's right. No one circles the wagons quite like them. <laughs> so uh, speaking of the unknown, uh, something that was unknown and now known is EdinburghNow.com, uh, the new uh, hub, online hub for campus media. Uh, Chris being, um, you know, very, very internet savvy. Mm-hmm. And and just the web extraordinaire uh, was was like we need to change this and we need to change this now or I'm walking out the door. So you know we, we didn't want Chris <laughs> to walk, so we basically gave him a website. I don't remember this conversation, <laughs> but I really like how forceful I am. Right, it. right. Like I'm, I'm trying to build you up. You cool. know, I mean, no, it's on radio. No one can see that I'm four eleven and a half and right, right, and have no muscles. So like you know, you got to act big. Anyway, um, well, Vic's the smallest of the three of us here. Right, like no muscle wise, no doubt. Right. I mean, <laughs> come on, Vic. Do you even lift? Um, continuing on, we have EdinburghNow.com, which officially launched last Thursday. So kind of you were part of that process, you know, talking with the outside company, which we had build it. And obviously you're keeping most of the upkeep now and trying to get content on there from the beginning. So kind of walk us through that summer process from when we transitioned from our, our previous uh, not going to be named website to now <laughs> um, and kind of what happened over the summer. So, yes, last year we were with Burrow Online and we used that system as well as we could and then we decided to move to edinburghnow.com. We used a company in Erie, um, Epic Web Studios, who did a good job in setting up the website. Um, basically, we wanted something that, like you said, could house ETV content, WFSE content, in terms of you guys have the podcast on there now. Hopefully, we'll start to get news on there. I don't know if there's other shows on WFSE. I'm sure there are a couple talk shows. Yeah, that I we think can there's start a few to more work, starting up. Right, yeah. we can start to work those in as podcasts. Um, on our SoundCloud page, which is, I think, soundcloud.com slash Edinburgh now. And, of course, we wanted to have a place that we could house the spectators' articles and digital versions of the spectators. So if you yes. go on edinburghnow.com right now, even if you're out of town, if you're listening to this in California or wherever, you can find a digital version of the spectator exactly as the print version. And you can read everybody's articles 
um, see, you know, how it's laid out. And we think that's a really big, noticeable improvement to our new web presence. And I really love the podcast as well. It's been great having the morning after on the channel and so people can listen to past episodes. I think we have basically every episode up besides yesterday at this point, which we'll post soon. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. And I think that Epic Web did a really good job um, with the with the design. And I think every branch of campus media has been refeatured. And of course, this is you know a big part of the campus media rebranding. We have a brand new office um, with new equipment. We have a new website. We last year we had a new spectator layout. It's been all new for the past couple of years. So. Right, Very and of course exciting. we have a new mural outside Compton oh, 102 I as well. About the mural, yeah, no, by Todd I know. Scalise. Right, that's that's pretty awesome as well. You know, that's just that's that's uh, gets gets team morale up a little bit when you when you walk in the door. And yeah, and we have as you mentioned, great uh, computers here in the Campus Media Center in Compton 102. So if you stop by Compton, uh, check out that mural. That's pretty awesome. Um, we also have a nice you know big screen up there that we show some of our stuff. ETV plays sometimes. You know, Edinburgh now I think is scrolling up there right mm-hmm. now, so you can check out the website and see what you could view on there um what do you i mean how big is edinburgh now to have that online portal with today's journalism i mean obviously we can broadcast on tv we can broadcast terrestrially on this you know type of medium for radio and we can obviously put papers out and place them in pogue or you know or john's and have some people picking up but how important is it to have that web presence and have a have a great one that we can immediately post to and be able to view from whether it's an ipad a desktop or your mobile mm-hmm. device well, I think, first off, we do want to keep those traditional journalistic outlets alive. We do want to continue to put out a physical paper. I don't think we'll ever stop doing that. It is important to have those physical products. It is important to keep you know, FM radio alive and to broadcast to the community through ETV. But for our generation and for the students that are going to continue to come into Edinburgh, they need a web portal that they can access mobily. They need to just be able to jump on their phone and find out what's going on on campus. And that's what Edinburgh Now is. That's another big thing with Edinburgh Now is that the mobile is vastly improved. It's scaled down so that you can find all the stories. You can listen to the podcast. You can check out the spectator. You can do it all on the phone um, quite easily, as it should be in this world. But it's really about meeting that next generation halfway and giving them something they can actually access and be a part of and comment on if you comment it's through your facebook account so if you do want to discuss the articles please do and we would much appreciate that but again it's about meeting that next generation halfway and giving them a viable product that they can access so so true edinburghnow.com not later not tomorrow not when we get to it edinburghnow.com follow us on twitter at edinburghnow um you know we'll have a bunch of we'll tweet out all of our content the podcasts the newscasts the spectator stories um, so that's all great stuff. You can head on over to edinburghnow.com to check that out, and uh, it'll it'll only go up from here. It's already ten times better than last year, and we're you know just launched it. It's not even a week old. So so good work by Chris and Chris. Thanks for joining us. You know we well, appreciate you talking about Edinburgh now, the Bills. You know maybe after you guys start two and zero, we'll have you come back on after you Long beat the Patriots. Fred Jackson. <laughs> oh, there you go. So we'll keep Jackson that moving. For governor. We'll keep that moving. Then Chris is going to head out and still finish up the Spectator, which drops on Thursday. Make sure you pick that up and and or read it on edinburghnow.com. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this on the morning after. Nine forty here on the morning after as we move into our what is this? Our second segment. We've had no third segment. Third segment. I can't. I can't keep this. Can't keep this straight. Got to Got to bear with me, Vic. I'm a little under the weather today. 
I can't I can't handle all this. But uh, anyway, we're moving on. Thanks to Mr. Lantinen for coming on uh, last segment and taking care good of some stuff, Bills. Good stuff. Yeah, really good Bills talk there. I know there's a lot of uh, local Bills fans around in the borough area, so uh, that was good content for them. And obviously, of course, heading over to EdinburghNow.com. That's where you ha- that's where we're we're housed at, as, as long with our other two campus media cohorts. Um, ETV and the Spectator. That's it's it's a solid website, and it's only going to get better from there. And uh, Chris is really the mastermind behind it. So let's continue on with the with the AFC East. Uh, let's just wrap this up real quick. We could probably get you know maybe one or two more divisions in here. We're going to keep rolling through the AFC and then continue on into the NFC tomorrow. As uh, Chewy will be back on tomorrow with me on a Thursday morning, and we'll talk more NFL. So uh, obviously, twelve and four last year were the Patriots. Nine and seven were the Bills. We went through those twenty fourteen records in the last segment. So you're going with the Patriots to win the division, obviously, uh, Mr. Vic. Oh, definitely. They're definitely the uh, favorite, if not the second, in the AFC. So they got to win their division, of course. Um, and, of course, having Brady back for those first four games means a lot. But the, the only problem I see with them is in the secondary. They lose Brandon Browner and Doral Rivas, so they mm-hmm. got replaced two very, very talented corners. That's the only problem I really see. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl this year, but I definitely see them contending. They can possibly make an AFC uh, championship game, but they're definitely my favorite coming out of the AFC East. And I think they are everyone else's as well. So moving on to the AFC North, um, it's a division that uh, <gasps> many, many, <gasps> many like around here, including Mr. Hudson. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns. That's how it shook out last year. The Steelers with 11-5 and record. Bengals 10-5-1 and because they seem to always have a tie. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens 10-6 and and the Cleveland Browns 7-9. Three teams were postseason bound last year. So One of the best divisions in football. You know, I'm not just saying that some would the say Browns that. Some would say that. So, well, I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the black eye in the best division of, of pro football, if you want to go with that. At least that. you play good football out here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. But, uh... I want to come over there, man. Yeah, I'm just saying the Eagles were 10-6 and six last year. Uh, and, I mean, they, they, they didn't make the playoffs. Oh, oh, ooh. But they would have right. if they were in the North. They would have. The they would have. If they were in the should've, North. Should have, could have, would have. Okay. But the AFC North, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, uh... Give me from bottom to top there, Mr. Hudson. Bottom to top, I got to go with my Cleveland Browns. Absolutely no type of offense. Right. They have Josh McCown at the helm. Right. Solid. Number one and number two receiver, Brian Hartline, our supposed deep threat in Dwayne Bowe. I got to say, I, I, I have no faith in this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> so Browns fan. So it's over fan. before it even started. You know, I, I'm a huge Browns fan, but like I just don't see any type of offense. We have a great line, but no type of skill. Almost the exact opposite of the, what the Buffalo Bills have, you know. Right. But I mean, I'm gonna be excited to watch. We're trying to build a team here. You know, we're starting from the ground up. You know, I'm excited with what we did this last year's draft. Tank for Cardell. That's all I gotta say <laughs> when it comes to what the was Browns. it? I saw it. Oh man, I tweeted it at Tubby yesterday. Let me see if I can find it here. It's called hashtag fail for Cardale. I love it. I love it's it. It's got to rhyme, you know. It That's does. how they do that. So, fail for Cardell. I asked Tubby on Twitter yesterday. I said, are you on this bandwagon? He said, since last year. <laughs> so, he's already <laughs> given up. Um, uh, no, Cardell's a great prospect, man. I would so, the Browns going to be in the basement. Um, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. All playoff bound a year ago. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger still back. The Bengals, Andy Dalton. He can't seem to win anything after week 17. And the Baltimore Ravens are still the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they still have a solid defense. Harbaugh as the head coach. Flacco under center. What do you make of those of uh, that trio? That trio, I gotta say, it's gonna finish Cincinnati at number three. 
I just like this. It's not that I don't like the Bengals. I think they're a very talented team, but I just think the two ahead of them are just far superior because right. of the quarterback position. So I got the Bengals coming at number three, but they should also be a playoff team, probably a 10-6, and six, probably a wild card, probably won't win, but they'll make the playoffs at least and still <laughs> be just that team in the middle of the road. I don't know what it's going to take for them to take that next step, except if Andy Dalton finally lives up to that big deal. Right, yeah, I mean, that's going to come down to that. And, I mean, the Bengals, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Browns are going to be terrible this year. Um, the Steelers, are, I, I, it's going to come down really to the Steelers feel. and the Ravens like it always does. They're going to have two solid, physical, great football games, um, you know, playing divisional opponents throughout the year. And then the Bengals might sneak in there. The Bengals are always a wild card. They could win two games. They could win 14 games. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, so the AFC North quite possibly is not is maybe is the best division in football, if not it's second or third right there. Very, de- very uh, hard-nosed football. And, of course, you know, how can I not say that I, I go to school in northwest Pennsylvania? So moving on to the AFC South now, uh, not as uh, high caliber. Um, the Indianapolis Colts won the division last year, 11-5. and five. Of course, Andrew Luck right there making the AFC championship game and, of course, lost due to deflated footballs, or so he says. The Houston Texans finished at 9-7. and seven. The Jaguars, 3-13. and 13. And the Michael Fenner-loved Tennessee Titans uh, bring up the bottom of the division at 2-14 and 14, and, of course, got the number 2 overall pick this year. And put it on Marcus Mariotto, as Mr. Roger Goodell would like to say. Others call him Mariota. That's what his birth certificate says. So what do you think about the AFC South, Vic? I think it's going to be an exciting division to watch. I can't wait to watch Mariota. I think he's a very talented Can't surf, though. Just play quarterback. <laughs> That's all you need. That's what's it's in his contract. You know? But I think the, the weakest team out of there is definitely the Jags. You know, that's, Jags. Yeah, I don't see Bortles. That. What do you think about him? I think he's terrible. I've terrible? Never, I've never liked Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles does have a very attractive very. girlfriend, fiance, so, he's partner. Winning. He's winning in other. Life. But yeah, he's winning. He might not be winning on the football field, but I wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, I that's that's kind of the Jay Cutler attitude. Definitely. <laughs> he doesn't Cutler, care. Jay Cutler just got – I don't even know what that guy's doing. But He doesn't know. No, I, I agree. Um, I think I think the Jaguars are still going to be rebuilding. I think they lost Justin Blackman. I mean, uh, he was – you know, you, we talked in the break about how, you know, the Browns just haven't drafted right since, you know, I don't know, color TV was invented. And, you know, the Jaguars picked up Blackman, and, you know, he was supposed to be this great receiver. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not going to set them back too much, but I don't really know the weapons that the Jaguars have around Bortles. I mean, you could say Julius Thomas, but he's hurt. Right. So, I mean, they still got to build that team. Like, even the Bills we were talking about didn't have a good quarterback, um, and they're going with Tyrod Taylor, but they have a lot of weapons around him which could help him and make him look better. You know, when I played basketball, when I played with better players, I looked great. Otherwise, I averaged more turnovers than points per game. You know, that's just the way it is. You got You look great, you know, if you, you know, you look great when you put yourself around better things. Mm-hmm. So we'll got to see about the Jags. What do you think about the Titans? you think they make that big of a leap from 2-14? and 14? No, I mean, they make a significant leap, but not a playoff leap by any chance. I think they go 7-9, and 6-10 around mm. there. Definitely, Mario is going to show some promise, you know what I'm saying? But he definitely needs more weapons for they even start to compete for the division and right. more playoffs. But they're going to be excited. He's going to make some plays with some feet, with his feet. And, you know, they got Terrence West from the Cleveland Browns the other day. And I actually like that fit a lot for them. I think he'll do great things out there in Tennessee. But then again, they'll never, they won't never—they will be a playoff team this year. The Titans on a 10-game losing streak dating back solid, to solid, last solid. year. So they're going to be working on that. Um, the Colts obviously won the division. I, I would say they're probably a lock to win the South again. Lock. I mean, Absolute the Texans lock. are nine, were 9-7 nine and seven last year, finished the, game, or finished the season strong with two wins. They're starting... Um, you know, Mr. Uh, Cleveland Brown, uh, Let's Bra- go. Brian Hoyer. I, I really like Brian Hoyer. I thought he I'm had a sensational him. season with the Browns before he well, hurt his hamstring on that Thursday night game. What was that, like two years ago? 
Um, uh, yeah. I can't remember, but he got hurt that year that he was a starter. Towards ACL. Yeah, towards ACL, whatever. I knew it was something with the leg, some some stuff. So, But, I mean, I don't know if, if he is enough to put them over, especially when you're playing the Colts. Definitely. I mean, you can always get the wild card, but, I mean, when you have the AFC North, you know, you're going to have to – if you're the Texans, it's going to come down to beating the right teams, kind of like the Eagles. They were 10-6, but they didn't beat the right teams, which is why they left exactly. out in the playoffs last year. you got to beat – so they might have to, you know, steal a couple games from the Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens to even try to sniff the playoffs um, going into this upcoming year. So – Let's uh, finish off the AFC, uh, Vic. We're kind of killing it right now. We're rolling we really through are. these divisions. We'll go. We'll hit this. It's kind of easy to tell who's going to win the division. Right. This We're year. going through the AFC West. Um, you know, of course, there's always going to be some surprises, Vic. We can sit here right now on not September 9th and go, ah, oh, the Colts are going to win it. Next thing you know, Andrew Lux sidelined for the season, and next thing you know, the Ooh, Tennessee man, Titans on, are going to the Super Bowl. That's my boy. That's your boy. You have him on fantasy. Uh, yes, I do. I am not playing fantasy football. Why? This year because well, first off, no one asked me. Um, I used to be in this fantasy league with a bunch of writers at a paper back home, and they didn't ask me to come back. I don't know why. I finished third the last two years, which is good, but unfortunately only the top two uh, finishers get paid, so that kind of really stunk. I even had the number one overall pick last year, and guess who I took? Jamal Uh, Charles. LaShawn McCoy. And that worked out real well. Yeah, that's, um, that's gotcha. So, but I don't know. Like, I'm too, I'm too busy. Like last year, I accidentally started a guy that was on a bye. Like, you know, when 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 I'm trying to focus on borough football and a million other things, it's it's hard True. to it's hard to to remember. Sunday mornings set is my where I hit it. <laughs> fantasy. That's when I start laying out the newspaper. Start doing my oh, TV see, segment. Like, you, you have a busy schedule, man. I do, I do. So no fantasy this year. It's just reality. Well, Going I'm to the ask a- you then some okay. questions. When I All right, it. you can ask me some questions. We're gonna go to the AFC West quick. And then go to break and then come back. We're going to get, you know, some last quick hits from Vic on the NFL season since the next time he'll be on the season will already be underway. So we'll get some last-second predictions from him league-wide. Into the West, the Broncos won it last year, 12-4, and obviously, uh, you know, winning the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Um. You know, as they like to say, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs nine and seven with only having like what one receiving touchdown or no receiving touchdowns or something like that to the receivers. Chargers nine and seven because they fell apart like usual, and the Raiders were three and thirteen. So, what do you make of this division? Well, it's probably in I think the same way right. as last year. I mean, that's why my prediction. Peyton Manning doesn't even feel his fingers. He yeah. he can still be great. <laughs> they they'll be eleven and five. I'm guessing. Maybe the Chiefs and the Chargers flip flop. Who knows? But definitely the Raiders coming in at last. <laughs> I'm excited to watch uh, Melvin Gordon in a San Diego jersey. I think he'll be very talented there. I think with him and uh, Philip Rivers. How do you feel about Philip Rivers' deal he got? You think well-deserved? I mean, the man is better than Ryan Tannehill, and Tannehill got paid, so you might as well give wow. him money. I mean, really, you're <laughs> nine. to the point mean, where it's like, might as well just give him money. I mean, you might as well. I mean, he's honestly not bad. I mean, the Chargers haven't done anything great, but I wouldn't put that all on Philip Rivers. He's, he's had some tremendous performances. He's also come up short in a lot of situations. Yeah. But, I mean, I would say he's in the top – Five top seven quarterbacks in the National Football League? Top, I wouldn't do top five. Top seven? Top ten? I'll give him top ten. All I'll right. give him top we'll ten. We'll say top ten without writing it down because I'm not good with numbers. But we'll just say top ten conservatively. Tyan Tannehill's not a top ten. Oh, if he no. is, he's like ninth or tenth. No, no. So, no way, no way, no way. Um, he's, he's obviously getting paid, so you might as well pay Phillip Rivers, too. We got the money. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think the Chargers will be right around there again. Um, the Chiefs. If they got to start throwing the ball, man. I mean, Andy Reid's a solid coach. I throw it. You got Jamal Charles. Yeah, but they couldn't throw it. I mean, look at what happened. They didn't have any to the receivers last year. And, I mean, you're going to have to throw the ball eventually. This is well, the they National had a, Football They League. had Dwayne Bow. But they didn't throw it to him. 
They had like how many games did they go without having a touchdown pass to a receiver? I wouldn't throw those receivers either. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You gotta do something. And then the Raiders will just be hanging out until they move to LA. Man, but who you know tell you who looks really good is that Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Wow, man. he's phenomenal. Child. I mean, I'm I feel bad for him. He's on the Raiders. Right. I wish he was on a decent yeah. team. I would love to watch him play, but he's going to be a stud. Right, so we're both going Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers are kind of wild card picks, but I think the Chargers could probably sneak in as a wild card if the AFC North isn't dominant like they were the year before and the Raiders will just hang out in the basement. You agree? Agreed. Agreed. So we're going to hit our last break here on the morning after. We'll come back, have a few minutes left, and we'll ask Vic to just hit us up with some last-second thoughts before the NFL season kicks off tomorrow night with the Patriots and the Steelers. Don't go anywhere last segment after this. 9.57 here on the morning after. We just have a few more minutes left, a few parting shots. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in on today's edition of the morning after on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio on EdinburghNow.com on the TuneIn app. You can follow us on there. Add us. I downloaded the app the other day. Beautiful. Also, don't forget about our podcasts on SoundCloud on EdinburghNow.com. I'd like to thank Vic for joining me today, making your debut. Good work today, Vic. Thank you. Thank that you, was man. solid I love work. Being on, you know I do. Yes, yeah, solid work by you. Very, very happy to have you on. You're more than welcome to come back whenever, whenever you want. More, more importantly, whenever I need. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, wow. you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, so Chewy will be back tomorrow on his usual Thursday spot, and we'll preview the NFC. And lead right up until lead up to the NFL opener tomorrow night with the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe that's on NBC tomorrow night. So uh, that should be an exciting one to watch. So, Vic, we just made it through the AFC, kind of went division by division, uh, you know, really spent some time on the AFC East with the Bills. The AFC North, you know, obviously means a lot to this area here um, with all the teams that are close by. What? are some big picture predictions from you. You know, maybe maybe uh, instead of speaking softly and carry a big stick, you know, speak loudly right now and tell me a little bit about what your predictions are for the NFL season, AFC, NFC overall. Well, the AFC, you know, I got two teams I'm really looking at, and one is the Colts. I love they added Franco or Andre Johnson, Philip Dorsett in the first round. I think Andrew Luck has all the weapons at his disposal. Uh, that defense is a little shaky, but I still think the offense is going to put up points. That's where this league comes down to. I have them winning the AFC this year. Coming in second is the Baltimore Ravens. I like the Ravens a lot. I think uh, the time as the as the Patriots ruling the the conference is over. I think it's ready for the Colts, and the Colts are going to win. They're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game, and I have them in the Super Bowl against. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. The there you Green go. The Green Bay Packers, man. You're going to give me a champion real quick with 20 seconds left? Oh, or no, you're going to hold It's a dream off. matchup. Luck versus Rodgers. I got to go. Rodgers gets a second one. Rodgers gets another Lombardi trophy. I'm going to hold off on my predictions until tomorrow with Mr. Yukondu. So, Vic, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, joining us today, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Vic and I talk about the AFC. Uh, as I mentioned before, Chew will be back tomorrow. We'll go through the NFC. I'll give my NFL season-long predictions and let you know who I think is going to be hoisting that Lombardi trophy come February. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of The Morning After.